Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Thursday, May 11th, 2023, Zelda Tears of the Kingdom Eve. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing Adioye Jr. Join me is Tim Ma. Gettys. There's something going around the studio right now where we're all just stumbling and jumbling on our words because right, I forgot what Barrett just said leading us into this. He's like, a oh, fuck like a ten fuck ten news. Oh, yeah, he was going to say we're going to make a fuck ton of good content today, but he was like, fuck ten. Fuck ten content. <laughs> Tim, how are you doing? I'm doing great. May 11th, Alfredo Diaz's birthday. Everyone go send some sweet, nasty love to Alfredo Plays on Twitter, uh, my brother from another mother. Uh, bless, I'm doing great on yeah. this Zelda Eve. Last night, beat Jedi Survivor. Just in time to get lost in Hyrule. Extremely excited about this. During our review of Jedi Survivor, um, Greg was the lead reviewer, so he was the one that actually gave the score and stuff. I had only played about half at that point, and I was saying, so far, I would have given it a five. And I was like, I can't imagine not giving it a five by the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm done, I stand by that five through and through. Hell Excellent yeah. video game. I can't wait for you to get back to it at some point in the year. Uh, and more than that, congratulations on being here on the other side. You've beaten Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. You are one of the elite out one of there. Them. All right. It feels so good. It feels so great. It's so it's fun on multiple levels. Obviously, I get to play this game that I've been very excited for for a very long Without time. Paying $1, <laughs> Without paying $1,200. Without paying $1,200. No, yeah, I get to play it as part of my job, which is awesome. Which also meant that I got to come to you and Greg and be like, hey, can I stay home for like these days so I can play the game? And it was it was honestly, it mainly came from a place of me calling into work sick and being like, hey, I want to take these days off like many people out there probably are going to do because they want to stay home and play this game. But it was also, hey, like I want to have the time to like play this game and Absolutely. review it and all that stuff. And now that we're here, I'm so glad I did that because if I didn't do that, I would not have this game done. This game is fucking huge. Big game. Big ass game. One big game. It's a it's a big old game. And so, yeah, it was super fun to do it from on that level. It was very fun to do it. And also, like, you know, have to be secretive about it because that is our jobs, right? We have embargoes that we have to adhere to. We have things that we can and can't talk about. And so, like, when we're, when we're like, talking about Jedi Survivor and I'm like, yeah, I've played halfway and I'll get back to it later. And people being like, yeah, let's go back to it now. And I'm like, I don't know if I have time. I don't know if I, don't know if I can get back to it now. I got shit to do. Uh, it's nice to actually be able to talk about Zelda because I have so much to talk about. And so it's been awesome looking online, seeing the embargo lift and reading and hearing other people's reviews and seeing, like, their perspectives on similar things, right? Where it is, like, I, I watched a lot of Skillups things. I fucking love watching Skillups videos. Uh, and, like, I'm halfway through his review. And so many of the things he says, I'm, like, nodding along. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, dude, I agree 1,000%. And it feels like I'm having that conversation with him. Um, but, yeah, we're here. Zelda's right here, a day away. How excited are you now? Dude, I'm real excited. I Now that uh, I have Survivor done, like, I feel like a weight's been lifted. And I'm, like... And on top of that, there's a, a new uh, raid coming in Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Oh. I'm pre-prepped for it, so I don't even need to worry. That shit's dropping at 4 p.m. today. I'll get that shit done by the time Zelda drops. You know what I mean? How does it feel to be gaming nonstop? Because you're going from Jedi Survivor mm-hmm. into Pokemon, into mm-hmm. yeah. Zelda, and then the games just don't stop coming. They just don't stop coming, man. Final Fantasy coming next month. So the thing is, yeah, we got Zelda. I'm going to play that. Like I, I've come to terms with the, the fact that I'm not going to beat Zelda imminently. No. I, I'm going to play it over time. 
Um, I'm probably going to play the hell out of it. I'm going to play the hell out of it this weekend. But then after that, I do kind of see a trickling of some of the smaller things I want to dabble with. Street Fighter Six being the biggest one. Um, and then there's this game, Planet, Planet of Lana, coming out that looks really cool. And then um, there, that, those are the ones I'm really looking forward to. Diablo, I think, is going to have to wait for me to dabble with it if I even have the time at some point later in the year. Uh, but then, yeah, Final Fantasy sixteen. Like, that's, that's the thing. I need to get as much Zelda as I can in now before that comes out. Because mm. that's the one that I'm like, all right, I'm going to pivot over to this. I think we're in a decent place time-wise with that because that was one of the things I was thinking about during my review. I I, I had two weeks to, to play it for the embargo, and I got in 70 hours. But even with those 70 hours, I could have put a lot more in there before I actually finished the game. You know, I'm, I'm still playing the game now, right? After rolling credits, I'm continuing on searching through the open world, still finding a bunch of new and exciting things. I could have easily played 100 hours before I, I rolled credits. And it's fun coming into it now where the game's coming out for everybody and i know that this is gonna be a conversation for the next month straight yeah. at the very least and yeah like you're going to need all the time in the world oh, yeah. to devour this thing and hang out in this thing and it's coming out at a decent time because there's a lot of games coming out but there's, it's not like final fantasy is coming out tomorrow exactly you i think the biggest problem is summer game fest in between yeah. all this too Y'all, we are about to have a great time don't forget lego everybody. 2k drive and lego 2k drive so exactly. i was thinking about that yesterday i was like man I got. I can boot up FIFA right now, but FIFA keeps crashing on me for some reason. I can play more Zelda, but really, what I want is Lego 2K Drive. I love you, boss. We got a week. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, and it, it's wild to think that we have a major game of the year contender coming out tomorrow, and then another game of the year contender coming out next week. Next week with Lego yeah. 2K Drive. Yeah. Oh man, what a month to be alive. Yeah, I know. Good month. Tim. Mm-hmm. Enough about all that. Enough about that. Let's talk about today's stories, which include a Zelda review roundup, more reports about the new Mortal Kombat, and more, because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every week at 10 a.m. live right here on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games and Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for Kinda Funny Games daily. Remember, you can use Epic Creator Code Kinda Funny on all Epic Store and Epic and Game purchases like Rocket League and Fortnite to help support the channel. To be a part of the show, head to kindoffunny.com slash KFGD to get your questions read on the show. And remember, patreon.com slash kindoffunny will get you the show ad-free plus a bevy of bonus content. Housekeeping for you, our Kinda Funny Gamescast review of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom is up right now on YouTube.com slash Kinda Funny Games. Of course, I got to play it. I played over 70 hours of it. I talk all about those 70 hours on this episode of Gamescast. But of course, our Zelda conversation is going to be ongoing as more of us pick, pick it up over the coming weeks. And so tune into Gamescast all throughout the month and all throughout the months and the year for yeah. more and more game reviews and more and more impressions on Zelda, Final Fantasy, etc. Exactly. And dude, shout out to our set. It looks so good for, for this episode. And shout out to you for absolutely crushing it. It's hard to be the only person that can speak on something and have three other people asking you questions. You did a fantastic job with this piece Thank of content. Thank you, man. An hour of incredible blessing talking about Zelda, and con Zelda content. I knew I was going to have my moment today. There it is. I knew I was going to have my moment. That's the trifle. Uh, exactly. The That's us. That's us. But yeah, check it out because it was an incredible episode. And then remember, and also I know we had a lot of complaints about the podcast feed and how the wrong thing went up. I believe that is fixed. It is now. fixed. It is fixed. If you go, you will see there will be the proper Zelda on the Gamescast feed for audio listeners. And then only on YouTube in the live stream, there's going to be a 30-minute post-show where Snow Mike Mike comes in to talk to us, KHD hosts, uh, about your Super Chat questions. Stay tuned after today's handshake to hang out with us before the next Kind of Funny stream starts. And that Kind of Funny stream 
is going to be me playing the first 30 minutes of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. So come through, Exclusive. hang out. It's also going to be a Q&A. So if you have any questions about Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, come through, be in chat, ask us questions. I'll answer the questions, the questions to the full extent that I can without trying to spoil the game for you guys. And we'll have a good time. Uh, and then over on Patreon, there is a new Remember Blank all about our favorite Zelda games. Thank you to our Patreon producer, Delaney Twining. Today we're brought to you by Shady Rays, but we'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is, and forever will be, the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have five stories today. Baker's Dozen! What's up, Tim? Nothing. I was just pulling up the five. Oh, I thought you were raising your hand. I thought you had something to say about Zelda. No, oh, there's a lot to say about Zelda. There is a lot I want to hear you tell me about Zelda. <laughs> Read other people's words to me, bless. Let's go. So story number one, of course, they got a Zelda Tears of the Kingdom review roundup for you right now on Metacritic. It is sitting at a 96. Damn, that's it. What a failure. What a failure. Send it home, Nintendo. Get the numbers up. And then on Open Critic, it is also sitting at a 97. I'm going to start off with Tom Marks at IGN, one of my favorite people there at IGN. Sorry, Stella, uh, who gave it a 10 out of 10 and says, The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom is an unfathomable follow-up to one of the greatest games ever made, somehow improving upon it in nearly every way. Be that with simple quality of life improvements, a genuinely exciting story, or wildly creative new building mechanics that make you rethink what is possible. It both revamps old ground and introduces vast new areas so immense it somehow makes me wonder if Breath of the Wild was actually all that big, with an almost alarming number of tasks to complete, mysteries to discover, and delightful distractions to keep you from ever reaching that place you naively thought you were, you were headed. Nintendo has followed up a, a triumph with a triumph, expanding and evolving a world that already felt full beyond expectation and raising the bar ever higher into the clouds. Then Steve Watts at GameSpot also gave it a 10 out of 10 and says, When I think of the Legend of Zelda series, I've always thought about transcendent mythic moments, pulling the Master Sword from the pedestal in A Link to the Past, wake, uh, waking the, the, uh, the wind fish in Link's Awakening, the three major characters representing the aspects of the Triforce and Ocarina of Time. Tears of the Kingdom has a moment that matches each of those, and Shit. I felt the scope and power of it so strongly that I that I shed my own tears. Don't tell me that. <laughs> as much as I loved uh, each of those pieces in Zelda's past, I'm not sure it's ever evoked that level of emotion from me before. And that's what this is where I come back to. You know, reading other reviews and listening to other people's videos on it, I I pulled that excerpt specific, specifically because I felt that exact thing of man like this is a moment that's going to stick with me in terms of big zelda moments like this feels like it lives up to the name of the legend of zelda i feel like i am playing a legend right now in some of these moments i game. have not been more hyped for this game until this statement yeah like i've been hyped it's like, this this is the thing where i'm like uh oh it is accurate dude um and then i go on man. to kyle kyle hilliard at game informer who gave it a 9.75 out of 10 and said nearly every encounter whether puzzle traversal or combat must be reconsidered it makes you think in new ways. I didn't get the same goosebumps exploring Hyrule as I did in the past, but I did experience new emotions both on a granular level from solving individual puzzles and on a larger level by going back to one of my favorite video game locations. Th they say you can never go home again, but I adored returning to Hyrule with all new tools. Tim, what a high Metacritic, what high praise from multiple outlets. What does that do for you? I mean, it's, it does everything, right? This is what we kind of expected and just because we expect it doesn't mean it's going to hit the mark especially in in this day and age where we're seeing buggy release after buggy release and even some of the uh 
biggest, most ambitious titles kind of buckling underneath that hype with things like Cyberpunk. Um, the expectation's high for a sequel to a game uh, with the prestige that Breath of the Wild has. And we've seen it recently with things like The Last of Us and with things like God of War that the the sequel can come out and stand toe-to-toe with the predecessor. And for the sequel to get the same, if not better, reviews than the first means so much because it means that despite it not being a completely fresh experience, it still does enough new things or it still does enough right uh, that it is getting tens from everywhere. Like that is the highest score these sites can give. And in nearly across the board, it's getting tens. And the lowest review you read here was a 9.75 mm-hmm. from Game Informer. Like that, that is wild. And all the, the words backing up those numbers really explain what makes this special, right? We, we've talked for years about Breath of the Wild and what it means to us. And yesterday, the GQ um, top 100 games list coming out and that Breath of the Wild being number one on that yeah. list, right? Um, is that, that list already irrelevant, Bless? Who knows? That's one of the like, clips that came out. It's so hard to yeah. say, right? Like, Breath of the Wild, for me, I, when I submitted my own list to GQ as they're gathering different critics' lists, Breath of the Wild is my number one game on that list. And Tears of the Kingdom, I mentioned this during the review, right? It feels like it's amping every single thing up. One of the things I tweeted out this morning as I was approaching the Gamescast review, you know, I kept throwing around different ways I wanted to, like, talk about Zelda Tears of the Kingdom in my mind. And one of the ones that I didn't use, but I, w- I wanted to make reference to was, you know, back in the day when I was a kid, I fucking loved the Dragon Ball Z Budokai games. And Budokai's 1, 2, and 3 were, like, so like such special games to me. I couldn't wait to get the next one, right? I played the hell out of those games. And then after Budokai 3 came out, about, like, a year or two later, they announced Dragon Ball Z Budokai Tenkaichi to him. It was the next level. It was the next step. It was going from 2D to 3D, right? And I saw the screenshots, and I was like, wow, this looks incredible. And then the game comes out, and I look at the box, and on the back of the box, it says, everything else was just training. And I saw that as a kid, and I was like, what the fuck? Like, this is a new level. I can't believe what I'm about to play right now, right? And, like, I played it. It was just a tank age, yeah. right? It was just more of what but I the hype, though. But the hype was there, and that was a, a phrase that kept ringing through my mind as I was playing Tears of the Kingdom, where... Tears of the Kingdom in so many ways makes Breath of the Wild feel like practice for making Tears of the Kingdom, right? Like, it is, Breath of the Wild set the groundwork for the systems, for the the climbing stuff, for that feeling of exploration and discovery, for what the combat is, for, you know, how all these different elements work, right? Breath of the Wild created all these tools. Tears of the Kingdom feels like they are taking those tools and pushing them as far as they can go in terms of, all right, we got this, now let's let them use and create their own tools if they want to. Let's give them... This, let's give them, um, instead of the, the freeze time ability, let's give them the ability to rewind time. Let's like create even more space that they can explore with the sky islands and with more caves and all this stuff, right? How do we further everything? Let's give them a story that feels a bit more expansive a bit, and a bit more engaging and more epic. Um, Tears of the Kingdom pushes all that stuff forward in a way where it's hard for me to make the argument that Tears of the Kingdom isn't better than Breath of the Wild. Yeah. I think for me, the only thing that keeps Breath of the Wild there is special for me is the fact that Breath of the Wild did a lot of that shit first, yeah. right? In terms of the physics and climbing and all that special stuff that makes it what it is. But yeah, like they're in, both of them are games that have gotten tens across the board from all these different outlets. Both of them are sitting around that same place on Metacritic. Both of these games are super special. And yeah, like I, I would love to, to see how this GQ list looks like let's say a year from now if they do it again uh and where tears of the kingdom sits versus breath of the wild on that top 100 games list yeah man what a special time plus that we're here like you reviewed a game professionally mm-hmm. that is going to go down in history as one of the greatest games of all time yeah that's pretty wild right it's pretty wild especially when i look back at breath of the wild and what that did for me in 2017 because 2017 
that's when I was still doing OK Beast. I was like maybe a year. Yeah, I was like a year into OK Beast. And Breath of the Wild was, that was the game that made me go, all right, let me sit down and figure out how to do a video review that feels full and expansive. And that was like my first like full, I'm going to review the heck out of this thing. And I made a 10 minute video that it was my Zelda Breath of the Wild review. And that was a landmark moment with me. And OK Beast, we also made a, a podcast called Breath of the Wild. And, and like we, that like kind of helped define what that site looked like for us and how like that lit a fire under us in terms of, all right, like we got something going here. Let's keep making dope content. Let's keep talking how, about how special games are to us because Breath of the Wild was one that was so special to us. Uh, and yeah, like six years later, I here get to are. review Zelda Tears of the Kingdom for kind of funny, and it feels I love it. It feels so full circle in that way. Yeah, and you gave it a perfect score for us, man. And yeah. again, and here we are talking about with these all these tens. I can't wait to get my hands on it, Barrett. You being the Zelda guy here, like, are you just freaking about to pop? I. It still doesn't feel real to me is the thing. It it feels like the first teaser where it was called the untitled sequel to Breath of the Wild. It still feels like that day. Mm-hmm. And that and it's just it's so weird, especially with like kind of like going back, I've been like doing like a tweet thread for the, like the last eleven days, like uh, talking about like essentially the games that I reviewed and ranked for in review and just like how wild it is that it, that was three years ago uh and like uh, talking about tears of the kingdom even back then and like even after listening to to blessing talk about a lot and also watching reveal reviews like i don't feel like this game is real yeah yeah so i don't like i i fully expect y'all are not gonna see me for the next month yeah yeah that's i can't wait to see what the vibes are like around this office for the next month if people are just gonna be playing this in silence at their desk (laughs) and only talking about (laughs) zelda for the next month Uh, i want to bring in a question from Mm -hmm. jim of course you can write in the kindoffunny.com slash kfgd to get your questions read on the show jim writes in and says hello kfgd happy tears of the kingdom day question it seems like tears of the kingdom recycles maps and enemies and content which is cool however games like far cry primal and destiny 2 were criticized for it how come Tears of the Kingdom is getting a pass for the same thing? And I, I appreciate this question on the level of, I talked about this a little bit in the review, where in like the first five to ten hours of me playing Tears of the Kingdom, I was curious on how that was going to hit people, because that's one of the first things I did notice. You know, you get to the surface Hyrule world, and you run around, and it's, oh yeah, this is the same Hyrule. Like, this is pretty much the, the same map for the most part. There are changes. There are new, like, like I talked about, there's new caves. There's new things happening. Of course, there's all the sky islands they can go explore as well. There's a lot of additional content. And for me, I think it comes back to, I saw, I think it was Gene Park on Twitter talking about how this new Zelda game is basically Yakuza, where in Yakuza, you're coming back to the same Kamurocho and, you know, you are getting the new stories of the area. You're getting to talk to the same characters again, but you're getting a story pushed forward, right? Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, for me, only works because it is a sequel. Like, th- this this game does a thing that I feel like so few games do that only video games can do, which is familiarize, familiarize you with a place in the first installment and go, hey, this is the world. And then in the second installment go, hey, this is that same world, but all new stories all over the place. Go re-experience it in a brand new way. That, for me is such a special thing that we don't get a lot of in video games in this way. You know, you talking about it on the the review made me realize how similar this sounds to Pokemon Gold and Silver compared to Red and Blue, mm-hmm. which Gold and Silver, my Gen 2, my favorite generation of Pokemon games, for this very reason. It's the, like, all the Pokemon games are connected in some way on, like, the timeline and how, like, in the, in the world, but Gold and Silver was a direct sequel that was three years after Red and Blue, and going back to Kanto at the, the end of it, it's that same thing of, like, you go to the familiar cities, but like 
familiar characters are there, different people are in the Elite Four, things have happened, things have shifted. And like, I remember being 10 years old and being like, this is the coolest thing imaginable because unlike TV and movies and stuff, you're in control of it and you are exploring. And it feels not just like, oh, this world has continued to live as uh, you were away from it. You being back in it allows you to kind of find every single way it has changed and evolved. And you kind of like, it, it helps you fill in even more gaps than they even give you. And I, I feel like with uh, Breath of the Wild, like it's been the perfect amount of time since I played that game that seeing Hyrule for the first time, I feel like I'm going to be nostalgic for it, yeah. you know? And like uh, we talk about Metal Gear Solid 4 a lot of um, some of the moments in that game of bringing you back to previous uh, games. And you're like, holy crap, seeing how things have changed. Like it's, that's a special feeling that just being somewhere you've been before isn't necessarily special, mm-hmm. but being somewhere you've been before that you fell in love with, yeah. you know, like, and that added element to this whole game. Like, I feel like that's really, that to me, I think could be the difference between something like a Far Cry or uh, a Destiny, potentially, of like, were people in love with the, with the elements and the locations and the things there? Maybe some people are. And in that case, I'm sure that playing Primal and Destiny 2 is super rewarding. Yeah. Exactly. And I, and I think also there are so many ways in which the game is able to subvert expectations because it is a lot of the, the same places that you know. You know the regions. You know where Death, Death Mountain is. You know where Gerudo Valley is. You know where Zoro's, Zora's domain is. How are, what are the things that the game can do to like flip that on its head to where you think you're doing something that, that you're familiar with and then you get there and it's like, oh shit what's happening here right like there were moments where i had that with music cues where i got to a location expected certain music to play and then a different version of that same song hit and i'm like what the fuck this sounds so this is such a cool version of this song to reflect what's going on here in this moment on this map um for me so for me following up on that same map from zelda breath of the wild actually made it more special than if they were to like just throw me into a different remix to Hyrule or like a different map entirely. And then also there's so much additional things here, right? In terms of places to explore and places to go. It's not just you hanging out in the same Hyrule. I talk about it in the, um, the review, I think in, in the TikTok, which uh, Bear, I might have you bring up the TikTok too, because I meant to do that. But, um, you know, I talked about how you can, you can think about how big you think this game is and multiply it by about two, right? There is so much more that they've added on top of what is, just the service world. There's so much to the Sky Islands. There's so much to new areas that open up in the world that is bringing that new newness that you want. And so you're getting the same stuff subverted, and then you are also getting new content that is exciting to explore. Um, but yeah, I guess, uh, Barrett, if we can have that queued up, uh, if you have it, the TikTok. Tears uh, of the Kingdom is finally is. here. You've beaten it. Tell me all about it. I'm giving this game a five out of five on the kind of funny scale. That means it's amazing. And let me tell you, if you love Breath of the Wild, you got a lot to look forward here in Tears of the Kingdom. This world, this map, think about how big you think this game is. Multiply that by two. Story-wise, I am way more engaged this time around. I am way more into the characters. The abilities are more complex and have a lot more going on. You don't have the abilities that you had in the last game. A lot of the systems are built around fusing and crafting. And so you're creating vehicles, you're creating different kinds of weapons and all the puzzles revolve around that. There's a lot more creativity in that. I felt like I had unlimited potential in the ways that I was playing this game. It's really fantastic. It's easily the best open world game you've played since Elden Ring. Tears of the Kingdom is finally here. So You've big words. It? Tell me all about big it. Big words. I'm, but I, I stand by them, and I'm pretty confident in them. Can I ask you a question here? What up? So Easy Layup in the chat said, Tim hasn't even played this game yet, and I would bet my car that it's already is going to be his game of the year. Mm-hmm. I'm not so sure. For Spider-Man 2, man. The Spider-Man 2, I really, like, surprisingly loved Survivor. Like, at the end of the day, like, in the thing of, like, it's going to be tough for that one to be beat. I do think that something like Zelda has the potential, but... 
from talking to you, it sounds like the crafting, the like how big this game is. There's a lot of things that don't sound like a Tim Getty special, and like I feel like the game's gonna really need to win me over to be like, you know what, Tim, all this crafting, how open this is, how many things there are to do that aren't the main story, are gonna be worth it in in, in pulling me in. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on that? Like, do you do you think that this is going to turn off a lot of people like me? You love Breath of the Wild, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, I think there's enough here that invokes Breath of the Wild and how special that game was that I think you will be invited in. I think you will um I th- I think you'll grow to enjoy the crafting stuff because it does go heavy into the crafting, the fusing, the elements that feel like it's turning in uh, it into more of a survival game, but it is backing that up with content and puzzles and stuff to engage with as well. And so like for every system they introduce in terms of oh man yeah like make a boat so you can get across this pond they are giving you interesting ways to do that stuff that are really fun and and, and uh and worthwhile i don't uh, this is a game that i'll still say like if you're somebody that didn't like breath of the wild you probably won't like this game right like there was a there was a uh, six out of ten review that i read from i think it was gfinity and you know i read through that review and i was like hey they make a good argument for why they didn't love this game as much for people who maybe didn't enjoy a lot of the new elements of Zelda from Breath of the Wild. And I think that's a valid place to come from. And I think if you're somebody who you don't like this new form of Zelda, or if you're somebody who's really averse to survival systems and fusing systems and trying and like having to be very tinkery in, in your gameplay experience, I can see how that could be a turnoff. And yeah, I'm not, I don't think it's an automatic slam dunk that this is going to be a Tim Gettys game of the year or a, even like a Greg Miller game of the year. I don't think it's a complete slam dunk because it is a very strong year for video games. But is I think a slam dunk is a blessing game of the year. Oh, it's a slam dunk that is going to be my game of the year. Yeah, yeah. It's so hard to think of anything else that would that would come through. Like I, I would either have got to chills. be you got you gave me chills again. It, it oh. would have to be Starfield is such a surprise Armored that we Core? didn't see coming, and, or Armored Core is such a surprise in terms of oh shit, this is the like this is such a fun game. I can't think of anything else. Like I, I, I as much as I love Spider Man, I don't think Spider Man's going to be able to, to to crack this if it is more if it if it is more of what we know of Spider Man. Um, maybe final fantasy 16 but even Ooh, that one right even that one has like a lot to live up to as much as i love final fantasy 7 remake right and i like that kind of game again you gotta bring the stuff because zelda just brought the stuff with this game yeah. um Ooh. but i am i am excited and curious to see like how you how, how, how you uh, receive it i think regardless i think you're going to really enjoy it yeah i don't know if it's gonna be a slam dunk for your game of the year but you are going to love this game hell yeah man oh let's go speaking of games that we love story number two mortal kombat one is a reboot with a full reveal and launch date imminent. This is a report that comes from Alexander Cope at Windows Central. On May 10th, 2023, Ed Boon, the co-creator of the long-running Mortal Kombat franchise and chief creator officer uh, for NetherRealm Studios, uploaded a mysterious video on his Twitter account with the hashtag Mortal Kombat. It shows a clock moving forward in time, stopping at 11 before skipping to uh, 1, as in 1 o'clock. Tim, did you see this video? I did. It's pretty freaking hype, man. It's really hype. I, I'm all about this bless. This yeah. is like exactly what I would have wanted from Mortal Kombat at this point. Well, what's your take on, before I continue on this, in the story, like obviously it's hinting towards a reboot or towards a restart. Did you, do you have any like further insight on like your, your read on what's going on here with the clock? I mean, I think, I think that's what it is. Yeah. Right? I think Mortal Kombat 1 is what they're talking about. And I think that it's them trying to kind of like start fresh. So it's like get a lot of newcomers in for a franchise that the last couple iterations have really kind of made Mortal Kombat more mainstream than it's ever been besides the early 90s, which was a completely different time for video games. So mm-hmm. I think that this, we keep talking about it, but we're about to be in potentially the greatest 
time for fighting games in history. And I think that a, a reboot for Mortal Kombat is uh, kind of a perfect thing to do uh, with where we're at right now, specifically with how much we've talked about um, not necessarily needing more Mortal Kombat because we've gotten so much of it with with Aftermath, even like with the DLC packs and all that stuff where it's like, oh, maybe we should see Netherrealm do another Injustice or a new IP or something before another Mortal Kombat. If it's going to be Mortal Kombat, I think this is the, the route to go for sure. So a few interesting things here. People in chat were alerting us to the fact, and Barrett brought it up. Ed Boon did tweet about 20 minutes ago, and he says, for the record, we never confirmed our next game is a Mortal Kombat game. And then he has the J. Jonah Jameson like, laughing and Then he gift. also spelled confirmed with a K, and so... But also, <laughs> I also don't know... The, <laughs> I mean, one, he spelled it with a K. Two, they literally had a... But WB had a financial call where they were like, hey, Mortal Kombat's going to come in the next 12 months. And then also, yeah, like they put the hashtag Mortal Kombat in the tweet with the clock with the 11 going to the one. <laughs> what is he talking about? I don't know, but that's really awesome. No, like, I think he's just being. You think he's just trolling? I think he's being. Strong. I think he's just trolling. He could be trolling. It, it, it could be maybe there's like a, a smaller game coming before yeah. Mortal Kombat. Or I, there's a lot of things that could be. I'm excited. I like that there's some mystery and intrigue going on, um, especially as we're leading into Summer Game Fest season of like announcements or galore are about to go down. What would be a Nether Realm? Like a game they would put out before Mortal Kombat. I don't know. I like like a, a smaller game because they're not going to put out an Injustice and Mortal Kombat in the same twelve month period. I don't think so. Yeah, who knows? But I, this is cool though. It's interesting. I don't. I don't. I feel like he's just fucking with us. I don't. I don't know if this is alluding to something. Another game. Nah, this is classic Ed Boon shit. Somebody says MK Carding. I mean, I think so. I think actually, I that. Could make sense. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. You know? Well, they, they had MK Kart for in Armageddon, so it's not like they've not done it before. Yeah. They also had Chess Combat in Deception. I'm a big fan of Chess Combat. Chess Combat. I love Chess Combat so much. Uh, going back to the news story, continuing on. This video was hinting that the next entry in the Mortal Kombat series wouldn't be Mortal Kombat 12, but a remake of the original Mortal Kombat or possibly a reboot of the series. Not long after, noted Twitter leakster, Bill Bill Coon, Leakster, Leakster uh, revealed the game's name, which hints that the next Mortal Kombat title will indeed be a reboot of the series. We at Windows Central have confirmed through our sources that the information provided by Bill Bill Coon is indeed legitimate. The post says that the next Mortal Kombat from NetherRealm Studios and Warner Brothers games will be called Mortal Kombat 1. It is scheduled to be released for Xbox Series X, Xbox Series S, PS5, Switch, and PC. Our sourcing suggests that the game will be revealed in full in the next couple of weeks. Our sourcing suggests that Mortal Kombat 1 is targeting a September 2023 launch window. God, September. Uh, although plans may be in flux. Uh, we've heard the, the MK1 character pass will feature various properties owned by Warner Brothers, including Peacemaker from the DC Universe and possibly Homelander from the comic book series The Boys, amongst others we have yet to confirm. That's pretty cool. That's really And that's cool. also very Mortal Kombat, right? That's in line with them. Uh, and like having the Homelander? Come on. That'd be pretty that's ridiculously perfect. rad. Uh, yeah, Mortal Kombat 1. Normally, I... I laugh at putting one on, on things. Like, when you think about the Xbox, that was a weird move for them to do. Mortal Kombat 1, I'm here for it. We've already yeah. had Mortal Kombat, the original, and then there was Mortal Kombat 9, which was Mortal Kombat. Which was called Mortal Kombat. Uh, so, calling this Mortal Kombat 1, I think, kind of explains what it is. It's a little silly, but... Do you think they're going to do, like, the Roman numeral one? Because like, they did that for Mortal Kombat X. Hmm. I forget if 11 was just 11. Doesn't the Roman I, I numeral could... 1 just look like a 1? It's like yeah, an eye. there's more little serif there, though. You know, maybe yeah. they'll make the serif like scorpions, little. Uh, I don't know what the I thing's called, yeah, but yeah, 
Um, yeah, I guess Mortal Kombat 11 was just the number 11. This is exciting. I feel like they have an opportunity here to get even more people on and kind of like, in the same way that Street Fighter 6 seems to be a, a great uh, jump on point for newcomers, I feel like this could be that for Mortal Kombat from a story perspective, which is, I think, equally important for uh, NetherRealm players as it, um, Street Fighter kind of getting people into the actual gameplay of the fighting is on the Street Fighter side. Yeah, I'm, I have so many questions. I think my biggest thing is I don't want it to feel like we're, we keep repeating the same thing over and over again mm -hmm. because, like you mentioned, we did get a Mortal Kombat reboot with Mortal Kombat 9 that came out around a decade ago. But even that, I feel like, was a reboot that required previous knowledge to some extent. I feel like. That. But I think, I, I would assume that this is what this is going to be, too, because you look at the clock teaser, and in the reflection of it, you have the spacey stuff. You have, like, a, the, well, in the clock itself, right, the time reference is a reference to the ending of Mortal Kombat 11. Yeah. And so much of that feels like it's them following up on, what, Thunder, Liu Kang, and I think it was Katana, <laughs> like, uh, controlling the flows of time and restarting everything over. I feel like we're going to get a continuation of the story we just got. My hope would be that's not the case because I love the story. I love where yeah. we're at. I love how wacky it all got. I think that if you're going to name something Mortal Kombat 1, at the very least for this game, for the story, the core of it, maybe a post-credit tease or something that it's connected, keep it as its own universe. Mm -hmm. Like, keep it small, keep it tight, get a good story in there, and, like, build something here that eventually you can add to the, the wackiness, add some DLC after the aftermath or whatever. <laughs> after the aftermath. Uh, somebody in chat mentioned where to go. Somebody, Joe, uh, Sweet Joseph in chat says, but like MK Lore is so bad. I need mods to time out Sweet Joseph <laughs> for 10 minutes, all right? You get the fuck out of here with that kind of talk. Is he wrong? Not really, but it's fun. That's what it's about. It's about fun. And Mortal Kombat Lore is fun, all right? It doesn't need to be good. <laughs> but it could be. Could it? <laughs> I, I mean, that's a good point. That's a good point. It, I think it could be tighter. I, okay. think, I think it could be like a little bit more like... Like, I, I, I think it could be reined in a little bit more. I feel that. A fast five compared to a fast ten. I feel like fast is probably the best comparison you can make with Mortal Kombat, actually. Because it's so, there's no way to take Mortal Kombat seriously. Like, you're talking about fucking Baraka with two blades on his arms. You're talking about Bo Raicho, who is the master of drunken fists. You're talking about Liu Kang, who flies through the air to kick people and does bicycle kicks in the air. Like, none of this shit makes sense. And I kind of like it that I way. It, I, I like I, 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 I like being able to not take it seriously, even though like they put them in these entertaining scenarios, and that's what it's about. Again, it's about fun. September 2023, bless. Let's talk about that for a sec. Street Fighter <sighs> 6 coming mm -hmm. in June. Mortal Kombat September. Tekken, what we think in maybe January, February. I hope so. The marketing rollout for Tekken, granted, it's slowed down in recent weeks and in recent months. Um, but like from January up until I want to say about early March, they were cranking out character reveals every week. Like the game was, <laughs> is about to come out. Um, and so I kind of expect Tekken to get a date maybe during summer game fest. Like, I feel like we're sooner than later than that uh, for that game, getting a date and for how much we know about it. Like that game feels like it's coming out later this year. That said, I've said this before with street fighter. Like mm -hmm. I played street fighter street. Uh, I played street fighter summer game fest last year. And that game felt like it was imminent because it felt so far along. And so we, it's so hard to pin that stuff down. I hope for Tekken, for Tekken's sake, honestly, that it's coming out next year, not this year. Because I don't, as much as Tekken is a force and as dope as Tekken is, Tekken doesn't need to go up against Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter in the same year. Like, in a year where Tekken comes out, let's say in 2024, 
it's gonna win best fighting game you know like it, i guess project Touchdown l might come out one. and that might be the one piece of competition but aside from that tekken would get to own 2024 um if project l is not as far along whereas if tekken comes out this year like if tekken comes out in november no like don't do that to yourself against mortal kombat because mortal kombat and street fighters have the popularity street fighter has the, the technical fighting game fans fuck with street fighter heavy and then mortal kombat has that mainstream tekken should wait until 2024 yeah. to like you know have space to itself and then ride off of the, the hype of both of those games plus the last thing i want to say about this before we move on to the next story mm -hmm. mr hawk says if cole young isn't in the game i'm out who else is going to be the perfect training dummy can you imagine if mortal kombat 1 was like hey guess what this is the story of cole young i would be so mad oh my <laughs> i'd be God. so upset like i'd bring back shujinko like get, get cole young out of here i prefer shujinko <laughs> over that um if he was a training dummy though like if you go into the, the training <laughs> mode and you're just beating up on cole young i could be down for that i think that'd be the right way to do it <laughs> You know what the right way for you to support us is? Patreon.com slash kind of funny games. True. You can go over there, you can get the show ad free. And speaking of ads, let us tell you about our sponsors. Shout out to Shady Rays for sponsoring this episode. Do you want to look as cool as I look? Yes, you do. And you can. You can take on the sun with gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an unbeatable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair that I've ever worn in my life. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair no questions asked you can wear your shady rays with confidence because they have your back long after you purchase exclusively for you listeners shady rays is giving out their best deal of the season you can go to shadyrays.com and use the code kind of funny you can get 50 percent off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses you can try for yourself the shades that are rated five stars by over 250,000 people promo code kind of funny at shadyrays.com if you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Tim, who would you mm. say is your number one Mortal Kombat character? I'm such a boring boy. Are you kidding me? I'm, I'm Sub-Zero. 
Like, oh, there, man. every once in a while, Basic. dude, you see a character and you're just like, ah, that's the most Tim thing ever. Like his outfit, I was just like, it's so it's sick. It's so cool. It's like he just he just looks too cool for me to go. Look, look else. at this basic guy. Yeah. Who, basic what about you? Kid. Scorpion. No, you know, like, <laughs> I love Scorpion. I love, so you much. know the worst thing too is I actually like Scorpion's move set better, but I'm just like he's eh, blue. I can't, Sub-Zero's blue. I can't do it. This is it. This is it. I feel yeah. that. <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. No, I can't wait. I can't wait. Who's your Street Fighter character? Um, you know, like. During so I did the Street Fighter preview uh, recently that I talked a little bit about on PS Love You and during that preview I think I've become a, a cami boy. I think Ooh, I'm, I'm okay. newly becoming a cami person. In the last year I've found myself loving uh, Luke who was the latest DLC character for the last Street Fighter mm-hmm. and is kind of one of the main characters this time around. Before that I don't I didn't really have a character like mm-hmm. I was rocking a lot of Ryu and Ken because I wasn't that deep into Street Fighter. Yeah. The more I play it the more that yeah Luke I'm loving and then now. I think Cammy might be one of my main characters. Yeah, into this one. I, I, I'm a Chun Li boy. I always have. Barrett shaking his head at me. Listen, yeah. Barrett. No, I mean, let's it's be real. Gameplay. Why? Why is Cammy? It's the name? gameplay. It's oh, her moveset. Okay. Uh, dude, okay. that's my thing. Is like I've always respected Cammy, but she plays like her and like th- that type of character. I just can never wrap my head around her mm-hmm. combos. Like the the way that the controller has to turn. Yeah, uh, I'm just like, yeah. I, See, I that's can me never with a Chun Li. I know okay. you're a Chun Li guy. Yeah. I can't hit the, the charging charge stuff yeah i don't understand it yeah like, i can only hit it like 30 percent of the time i don't know if i'm just bad or what but yeah but yeah definitely and also the gameplay the, it's the gameplay i do like your character design a lot i think cammy's okay. character it's design a fantastic is dope. Design. that bomber jacket incredible fresh mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. the, the colors fresh she's good she's fantastic shout out to cammy theme song great theme song is fantastic her hair i nailed that character design barrett <laughs> Story number three, Asus Raj Ally has reviews up right now. We got a little review. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, what's this? It's the Raj. Oh, that's good. That's good. And we're all allies of Raj, and so shout out to that. We got a review roundup for you for the Asus Raj Ally. Um, It's been recently announced that it launches June 13th for $700, and that's for the premium version. There's another version that comes out later on for uh, less money. We're going to start off with Robert Anderson at IGN, who gave it an 8 out of 10, and says the, the Asus Raj Al- Am I saying that right? Is it Raj or Rog? I think it's Asus. Asus? Asus. And I think it's, it's the Republic R-O-G. of Gamers. That's what so Rog is. So the G in that case would be a G, a, Ra, a Republic of Rog. Rug. Rug. Yeah. I'm just saying, we call him Raj, so I think we just, just Rug. call it Raj. The Asus ROG Ally is the next challenger in line when it comes to portable PC gaming. This new handheld brings with it a beautiful 1080p screen and 120Hz refresh rate alongside an AMD Ryzen Z1 Extreme Zen 4 APU. Mm -hmm. Nerds. (laughs) (laughs) And a price point that's set to perk up the ears of anyone looking for a serious Steam Deck competitor. At $699, the Z1 Extreme-powered ROG Ally is only $50 more than the beefiest Steam Deck available, packing with it a whole slew of technical improvements over Valve's handy device as well. There's also a slightly less powerful Z1-powered ROG Ally model coming soon for $599. Importantly, it's also not limited by Steam Deck's Linux-based SteamOS, for better or worse. If you've dreamt of a Windows-based handheld PC that pushes the boat out on features, doesn't cost $1,000 plus, and plays Game Pass games natively on, on the go, then the ROG Ally could be what you're looking for. 
the Asus ROG Ally truly feels like the portable Xbox Game Pass machine that many fans have been clamoring for. While a frustrating user experience, poor battery life, and a lack of Steam Deck style touchpads do hold it back a bit, it's undeniable how much fun this handheld is to use when it really gets ticking. And then um, over on Wired, Eric Ravenscraft gave it a three out of ten. Uh, I just I'm just pulling their three out of ten. A three out of ten, yeah. Then I'm pulling from their what the fuck? Why? <laughs> that was a <laughs> oh yeah no. It, 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 we're taking a left turn here from eight out of ten to three out of ten. Um, the way that they do it to sum up their reviews, right? They have the wired section and the tired section. For, so for the wired section, there's a crisp 1080p display. It can install games from any Windows compatible library, and it's lightweight enough to not strain wrists. From the tired section, uh, janky Windows interface, frequent bugs, and broken control schemes. Abysmal battery life, even when running low-powered games. The powerful processor still struggles to run Windows on a handheld. Um, I'm still seeing reviews um, start to trickle out for this thing. And so, like, I didn't have a wide array of reviews to pull from. But, yeah, 8 out of 10 and a 3 out of 10. This 3, it does not seem representative of everything I've been seeing from the tech people I follow. Um, I'm really excited for this thing. I want to get it in my hands. Like with all of these handhelds, I'm really picky about how premium they feel and how the buttons and D-pad. Looking at this D-pad, I don't have high hopes. It looks a little mushy. I'm not a fan of mushy buttons, especially on the the D-pad side of things. But love the color scheme of this. Speaks to me very loudly. Stormtrooper with some nice little blue aesthetics. Perfect for my taste. Um, I I prefer Windows over Linux. So like a lot of stuff here, I'm like, huh, this is way more up my alley than a a Steam Deck. I still don't have a a use case for it. And until these things have OLED, I'm like, I really don't have any any way to even convince myself that I might use it enough to get one. Um, But I, I think at the end of the day, the most important thing is I like how many of the big guys are taking swings out there with these handheld uh, portable game consoles that I think are going to continue the shift into PC gaming being more mainstream and kind of leveling the playing field a bit. And um, on the Xbox side of things, Xbox partnering with more uh, groups and and people like uh, Asus to have Game Pass games be able to be played natively on a handheld. That's huge. That's huge. I think that's really cool. And the the price seems right on this too. Like being a a competitor to the Steam Deck and being in that same kind of price range with uh, stats like this, impressive. And I think competitive. And I think that that's going to result in a better landscape for kind of everybody. There's going to be, in the same way there always is with PC stuff, where it's like you get the one dedicated one. If you want a MacBook, you know what you're getting here. But then I feel like that's kind of more the Steam Deck side, where it is a little bit more contained of a, a ecosystem. You can break through it and you can do some things mm-hmm. that you want to. But then on the Asus side, I imagine that thing's like that's more the Wild West of like, how much support is this thing going to get in three years? I doubt as much as the Steam Deck does, but I think that's kind of like par for the course for how these things go. I'm a deck boy for life, and so I'm not going to touch this no! thing. Isn't that right, Barrett? Yeah! Deck boys. I, I mean, I did, you know, turn on my deck for the first time in like three months the other day, and there was like a concerning moment where it wasn't turning on, and I was like, oh God, is this it? Is this, <laughs> is this when I switched to the Asus, Asus yeah, yeah. ROG Ally? I got to figure it out, though. I got to figure it out. It just needed oh, yeah. a little reboot. Honestly, it's been a little bit since I've really touched my Steam Deck as well. But honestly, just like what we need to do is deck poise, dedicated deck poise, is just turn it on, even just to go through the menus. Like every, yeah, like couple it's of like days. when you start a car in the winter just to make yeah. sure that like you know the things yeah, not fucking exactly, up. Yeah, exactly. every couple of days, just turn that thing on, the engine going. <laughs> Look at us. I know. <laughs> turn on your Steam Deck once a week just, just to, to make sure something. that it's good. Yeah. <laughs> Andy had to start doing that with his car. Remember that in the work from home days? He would have to like just turn on his car and just drive it around the block just to make sure it didn't die. 
And we're deck boys. And so we're, we're deck boys. Yeah. Deck boys for life. You gotta do deck what you gotta do. Deck boys and car boys. Venn diagram, just a circle. Just a Le- circle. Level head in the chat saying you gotta do the deck check. You gotta do the deck check. <laughs> what you are we? Your deck today? What are we doing? I'm sadly not a and you go home and turn that thing on. But well, like you said, Plano Lane is coming out. And so like, I'm gonna turn on the deck for that. Oh yeah, that's a perfect deck. Yeah, that's the perfect deck game. Story number four, a publisher that's probably going to publish a lot of perfect deck games, Devolver, mm-hmm. has confirmed their Direct is coming in June. Uh, this just came from a simple tweet this morning. Yes, we're doing a Devolver Direct in June. And when I say this morning, I mean yesterday. Uh, more information soon. Yay. Cool. Let's go. Yeah, Devolver's so dope, man. The Directs get a little too weird, and I, like, I feel like I'm out of the joke. I, it's, it's one of those inside jokes that I'm outside of, so I don't like it. You know what uh-huh. I mean? <laughs> I get it. No, I feel but that. I appreciate that it's happening. Um, and besides that, it, there's always a million super high-quality games. So very, very stoked. Is there it. anything that you want to see info on? I think Gunbrella is... I forget if we have a date for Gunbrella. I don't think we have a date. Like, yeah, th- some dates would be nice for, for some of the, the indies we've been seeing a whole bunch. But um, the thing I love about Devolver is like they always have that weird surprise where you see something you're like, whoa, this looks absolutely incredible yeah 1000 percent. i'm like looking on their website to see what um angerfoot i forget i forgot that angerfoot was them angerfoot looks pretty cool um so i'd love to see more from that the plucky squire when we talk about games this year that's like oh. that looks special that looked over as hell the plucky squire that has the potential to be an indie darling for this that's year a, that's another one where even just the trailer alone you, you know like with tears of the kingdom people are like how does this game even work and yeah like, how does it do all of this just looking at the trailer for the plucky squire it's like how how are they doing this yeah wait yeah that's a i've never seen this you've never seen it no barry can you pull up the full so. trailer yeah, for plucky squire whoa this looks incredible good for them hey hold on we'll keep watching keep watching there like literally it goes from a fun 2D oh, art whoa, style whoa, whoa, and then he whoa. steps into 3D. Yeah, we're gonna have to pull that up. Yeah, so right now if you're watching the video, Bear has it shown. Oh, I have seen this. This game looks incredible. Like it it and honestly it's like this this doesn't look real. <laughs> like I this is a this is a I gotta have this in my hands on the Steam Deck before I'm fully bought in of the hype because Oh my god. This just looks it looks too good. Yeah. Put it on the list. I don't know what list, but put it on. Put it all on the list. It's on put it on all, every, every single calendar. list. Then there's the other game. What's it called? We've skate been story? Rant- oh, swear. what's up with Skate Story? Yeah, what is up is with that Skate Devolver? Story? That is Devolver. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. I definitely need more Skate Story in my life. Um, the, the other game that we are super high on from uh, GDC, I'm not sure if it's Devolver, but the one that's playing with perspectives. Oh, the camera one. Oh, no, that's Thunderful. It's a Thunderful game. Yeah. Uh, but that looks, that looks so cool. damn good. Yeah, very excited. Like I, I, with every Devolver Direct they do, there's always a game or a couple that stand out. Um, and I am in on the on the joke. I love those things. Um, it's it's very Adult Swim. It's very remember too many cooks. Oh yeah, that's the vibe I get from yeah. the Devolver Directs, and I love those vibes. Yeah, I'm a, I was a I was definitely an Adult Swim kid. That's why I'm so fucked up in the brain, Barrett. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah. Uh, our last news story for you, story number five, Panic is publishing a first-person soccer game. This is from Nick Sutner, uh, who works at Panic. Uh, they put up a PlayStation blog detailing a bit about this game, and I put it on the, on the Roper Report because I think it looks pretty cool. Uh, they write, hello, PlayStation. It's us, Panic, publishers of Firewatch, Untitled Goose Game, and the upcoming Nor Play With Your Food. We have a veritable bevy of upcoming PlayStation game news to share, starting with Despelote. I might be pronouncing that wrong, uh, but it's coming to PS5 in 2024. The game will also be part of Tribeca's 2023 festival selection, which we're deeply honored by. 
Uh, Despelote is a beautiful slice of life adventure about childhood and the magical grip that soccer held over the people of Quito, Ecuador in 2001. Right from their first pitch, we were instantly transported by the work of his creator, uh, Julian Cordero and Sebastian Valbuena. As a semi-autobiographical story of Julian's childhood, it feels deeply authentic to a specific time and place, while also managing to feel universal in many respects. As we wander the streets of of Quito, Quito, uh, getting caught up in mischief and soaking in the local culture. Despelote's gameplay leans on many of the verbs you'd associate with soccer, dribbling, passing, and kicking, and all feeling great from a first-person perspective. But used for a variety of playful, funny interactions as you explore the town, as well as affecting storytelling as you're swept up in the fervor of Ecuador's first qualifying run for the World Cup. This game seems super neat. Um, first person again, like the art style looks really distinct. You got like, I don't know how I'll describe this art style, but it's like one, it's like shades of purple, right? All in kind of the same tone. This is very difficult to to explain. Yeah. But um, can you go back like maybe 10, 15 seconds? I, it's, it looks like you watching have 2D trailer, art the character. We've been watching too. this trailer for like a minute and I was just like, what does this remind me of in a weird way? And then it hit me. I was like, King of the Hill. These characters look like King of the Hill. And then here he just goes, damn, Bobby. <laughs> did not teach you. <laughs> God damn it, Bobby. <laughs> but yeah, the hit play, like see it in motion. Tanks in this game. I'm sorry, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I saw this on the timeline, of course. Like, I really like soccer, and so I thought it looked neat. It looks like a mixture between me and Greg Miller's interests. This looks like the kind of narrative game that Greg Miller would love, but then also like the kind of weird... Like actiony kind of, or not actiony, but like the like weird sportsy, I guess, kind of video game that I would dig, right? And I, th- this looks really cool. I like the idea of, hey, let's tell the story of Ecuador's like the this this specific community in Ecuador during Ecuador's first qualifying run for the World Cup. That sounds fucking awesome. Uh, and yeah, like I I'm gonna keep my eye on this because I it think looks it looks neat. pretty neat. I, I like I like that games can look so different now when people are just like taking swings and like, hey, like we've had. Artsy games for a while now, but it's like, look, cool. We can get weird with that. Yeah. We can do let's things with like, let, let's, <laughs> what's an idea we have? This story. How do we make that a game? That's what this looks like. Like that, yeah. it results in like cool, unique things we haven't seen before. So it probably won't be for everybody, but I think it's going to really connect with, with, with people who a whole bunch of people. Yeah. Okay. Tim, I can't wait to check out this game. And I can't mm. wait for the next World Cup, Tim. Oh, yeah. It's going to be CONCACAF. Oh, I've been waiting for that one. Yeah, that yeah. means it's coming here. That means yeah. it's going to be in America. And so I'm going to hopefully go The World Cup's going to be in America. Yeah. Like America, Canada, I believe like North- Mexico. Kind of funny that comps this year wrong. Interesting. Yeah. But that's what CONCACAF is. CONCACAF is like, I can look up what the full thing is. Is, is the World Cup, what's the, the World Series is like seven games, right? NBA Finals is seven games. Mm-hmm. What's the World Cup? The World Cup is a whole tournament. Okay. Yeah. But it's like a lot of it's it's a lot of games. It's like all all the it's like a bunch of countries come together. I think they've increased the amount of countries actually for but the next one. It's just one game matches. There's not like series uh, between like two teams, are there? There's no no no. There's not series between two teams. And so once you okay. get into like the the like tournament stage, it is just best of one. Okay. Uh, but it so starts off like as group the, stages. More like a NFL a little bit. Yeah. Playoffs. How how okay? So how the, long does the World Cup last? Uh, maybe like a few weeks, like a month. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. So it's, you're, you're able to, to, you know, get in and get out. It's like kind of like the, I was going to say the Olympics. The Olympics might last longer, but it's, it's concise. So when you say it's going to be in America, I know I'm asking a lot of questions yeah, for you on the spot here. I'm just interested because I do not know at all. It, where's it going to be? Is it going to be so like different places? It's going to be in different places. Yeah. So I, and I don't, I would have to look it up to remind myself, but I think it is going to be like places in Canada, different, a couple of stadiums in the U.S. and then a couple of stadiums in like 
Central America. So I like I can't even fathom a soccer stadium in the U.S. <laughs> we have we have an MLS. Where are they? We have we have. Yeah, we have like Seattle has the Sounders know. team, and they have the. Same, I'm, I'm sure it's probably the same place they play football at. They just like repurpose it. Oh uh, yeah, you're like, you, we we have to build them. We have to build them for, uh, before the World Cup. <laughs> Fuck, we got. Yeah, we got. We've been start building that. We got to build all the soccer stadiums. <laughs> Wait, really, is it is it actually the is the football stadium? They just use that for soccer here. Freaking for reals. Is it? We have and, we and have a soccer similar, league, and that, and that's similar. Like where the Oakland A's play. When the Raiders were here, wasn't that also two purpose of uh, the A's and then uh, where they would play football as well? Yeah, but they're saying that's not the case. Wait, really? They're saying that there's a dedicated soccer field. That's not right. Stadium, arena. For America? No shot. No (laughs) shot. Not a way. In America, a dedicated (laughs) soccer field? Keep dreaming. Well, Tim, the next World Cup is just so far away. If I want to know what's coming out to Mom and Grab Shops today... Where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show host each and every weekday. So, CONCACAF stands for the Confederation of North, Central America, and Caribbean Association Football. So, it's basically America. Yeah. Yeah. That's wild. Out today, we got Death or Treat for PS5, Xbox Series X, and PC. You should also come through. Me and, me and Janet have been, we're literally just texting about this this week, that we want to go to some World Cup games. And so we're already playing. We're already saving up for it, Tim. Yeah. Tim, if you want to start saving up right now, you can come with us to yeah, some maybe, World Cup man. matches. I want to chant along with everybody. That seems fun. You can get one of the Vuvuzelas. You know what yeah. a Vuvuzela is? Oh, of course I do. Yeah, you can get one of those. Get, get Nuisance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uncharted. Yeah, exactly. What the hell is this, Barrett? Is that Death or Treat? Yeah. It unfortunately looks almost exactly like Have a Nice Death. I was going to say, I thought you pulled like unfor- that up. Yeah, which is like unfortunate that they both look so similar. I like this character design, though. Yeah, it's, it very, looks neat. it's very cool. Uh, Marvel's <laughs> It's very cool. Yeah, uh, I, I was uh, maybe like the one difference. Like, I, I know uh, Have a Nice Death is more roguelite, but I. Don't is this get just a straight that up vibe from this, maybe? This so. looks like it might be a Metroidvania. Ooh, that yeah. animation on that boss fight looked pretty cool. Yeah. Someone in the chat just told me that San Jose has a soccer team named the Earthquakes. I couldn't have told you that. Well, stop living here, Mike. You said the Earthquakes? I did. Wow. Man. I could tell I'm you about. a lot. Yeah? We'll be the only people there. I don't know how many American soccer teams I could, I could name, if I'm being honest. Probably like two, if that. There's yeah. LA Galaxy. There's no, this, there's not. Yeah, there's LA Galaxy. <laughs> there's Seattle Sounders. Oh, there's one in Miami. What's the Miami one? It's not the Heat, because that's no, the basketball the team. That's no, where Shaquille yeah. O'Neal played. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, NBA Street Miami, Volume 3. Fuck, what's Miami chat? Fuck, oh, damn. There's the Chicago. I lived in Illinois, Tim. I can't think of the Chicago one either. Kickers. Chicago Fire, thank you. The Chicago Fire. Yeah. Mike, did you seriously just pull that out of your brain? People are saying Inter-Miami. I don't believe that. There's no way it's called Inter-Miami. They just stole it from Milan. They're like, oh, well, Milan does it. We can do it, too. Ain't no way. Ain't no way. Yeah, everybody's saying Inter Miami. That's crazy. That's crazy. Uh, another Fisherman's Tale for PC, MetaQuest 2, and PSVR 2. Mechabellum. Early the New access. York Red Bull? No. They're just, yes? making, they're just making things up. Do Red Bull own the team? Is it a sponsored thing? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
or Xbox jersey, Seattle Sounders. There you go. Yeah, I'm learning Dude, a lot. I, <laughs> when I was when I first moved to Seattle, I noticed so many of the like the jerseys, right? And, like with the, with the Xbox logo, like big on them, right? And I, I used to think for the longest time I was like, damn, people in Seattle <laughs> really love Xbox. Damn, I didn't realize. That's so funny. <laughs> it must be because Microsoft is based here. Like, oh man, everybody loves home team, baby. Where's the Nintendo love? There's Nintendo of America is in this area too. <laughs> and then I realized that it was the Seattle Sounders thing. I was like, oh, I'm an idiot. Okay, I'm gonna stop looking at chat after this. Colin Barry says the San Francisco bridges. There's no, no. That makes no. sense because we have a lot of bridges here. Okay, okay. We're gonna do this during the public show. Perfect. Uh, and then. Few good melodies of steel two for PC, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, and Switch. Uh, Nightmare Reaper for PS4, PS5, Xbox Series X. What I like to imagine is that there's somebody who's scrolling scrolling through their Spotify and they're like they can't wait for Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, but they're also just the the biggest soccer fan of all time. And they pick, click this episode because they want to get in that hype mode. They want to yeah. get hype for Zelda mm -hmm, Tears of the Kingdom. Mm -hmm. And they listen through and they're like, oh man, I'm really enjoying the vibe. I'm really enjoying the conversation. And then it gets to soccer and we just fucking butcher everything. And they're like, they're conflicted because they're like, man, the Tears of the Kingdom conversation was so good. But these guys are idiots. <laughs> like, <what? laughs> it's coming from a place of, of understood ignorance. I'm not trying to act like, I'm telling you, I don't know anything about this. I'm trying to learn. The fucked up thing is I could probably name more Premier League teams than, Ameri than like MLS teams. And I live in... in I live here. <laughs> I, live, I live in the U.S. <laughs> but, but we'll try that after in the post show, uh, Mike, to see how many of those teams I can name. And then we got TT Isle of Man. Ride on the Edge 3 is out on everything. New dates for you. Friends versus Friends launches May 30th for PC. Goodbye Volcano High has been delayed to August 29th. That previously was coming out on June 15th. One Piece Odyssey DLC Reunion of Memories launches May 25th. And then Everslot Invasion, the VR co-op action game, will launch on May 25th for MetaQuest 2. Deal of the day for you, The Dark Pictures House of Ashes for PS4 is $8.49 on Amazon. Uh, that is the best one. And so if you're looking to get some Dark Pictures action going, House of Ashes, $8.49. Now it's time squad up of course you can write into kindoffunny.com slash kfg to get your squad ups read on the show just like tiny cam did tiny cam writes in and says nintendo online family edition coming at you my nintendo online expired recently and i'm looking for some best friends who might have an extra slot available i could contribute to or if there's some best friends who want to come together and start a new family account with me either way i'm down and ready to squad up slash family up hit me on twitter <laughs> Hit me up on Twitter or Instagram at Captain Cam with three M's. That is Captain Cam. Uh, love you guys and thank you. If you want to add Tiny Cam on on a uh, Switch as well, you can do so with the friend code SW dash four eight three eight dash four four three zero dash four two one six, and that will be in the YouTube description for you to check out. Now it's time for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong, where you write in, let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong so we can correct it for those watching later on YouTube and listening later on podcast services around the globe. Zaxxon Galaxian says, ROG is pronounced like ROG, where you say each letter separately. So I nailed that shit. Republic of Gamers. Republic of Gamers. Raj. If you Rug. I mean, if you're going by the, how it sounds in the thing, it's Rug. No, it's Raj. And I think that's it for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Everything else just disappeared. And then uh, Trackmania for PS5, Xbox, uh, everything. Luna, uh, May 15th. from some Charles Jacob. Uh, you know what? Everything didn't disappear. I just happened to scroll all the way right for some reason. Uh, it's the side wheel. It's the side wheel. Mm, yeah. The side wheel will get you. Side wheel will get you. Somebody says, why, why did Blessing pronounce uh, contribute <laughs> like contraband? I mess up on that word a lot. I don't hey, know what it is. It's one of these days, guys. I told you. Marvel it's, no, helps. it's not even one of these days. 
I've had that issue forever. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. yeah I, whenever I, I get to that well. word, I don't know how to say it. Contrib yeah. Contribute. Contribute. Mm. Contribute. I had a speech problem when I was a little kid. It was really, it was a big problem. Until I was in like second grade, I couldn't say the ER sound. <laughs> Third grade, fourth grade. Like, how would you say it? Like, you say like, a, like a British person? Uh, like, if I said the word girl, I'd say growl. Like, oh. I, did, like, I just couldn't do the ER sound. It was nuts. I had to, to go to like so much training to like change it. Interesting. Yeah. There I am now. Er, I can do it. Couldn't <laughs> do it before. Yeah. I, 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 for me, when I was a kid, I've gone back and forth on accents where I spent the first 10 years of my life living in the U.S., live, growing up in Illinois, and then I moved to Nigeria. By the time I like I moved back from Nigeria, I had spent years there, moved back to the U.S., I had a full Nigerian accent, and then I switched all the way back to my American accent after, after like a year or so of living in the U.S. I'm pretty sure that permanently messed, not messed up, but like permanently affected my speech and how I talk. Dude, now, your accent you have now, mm -hmm. is it the same as you had growing up? I don't know. You know, that's a really good question. I don't know if, I was, if it was the same that I had before I moved to, Ni to Nigeria. If you, if I was like, say a sentence right now mm -hmm. in your like first 10 year accent, your Nigerian accent, and now, could you do that? No, absolutely okay. not. Could you do Nigerian? Maybe, I would need some practice because I've not spoken in Nigerian accent in a very long time. But like, if you give me, if you prepared me and were like, hey, we're going to have you do this on a day, I, I think I could, I think I could master it. I think I could bring it back. Yeah. Interesting. That's it for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Uh, tomorrow's host for Kind of Funny Games Daily are going to be Tim and me. If you're watching this live, remember we're trying something new here with YouTube Super Chats on Kind of Funny Games Daily. Only on YouTube and the live stream, there's going to be a 30-minute post show where Mike comes in and talk to us, hosts about your Super Chat questions. So stay tuned after the handshake to hang out with us and have a good time. Remember, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every week at 10 a.m. live right here on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games and Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. Remember, right after this episode in the post show, I'm going to play some Zelda Woo! on stream for about 30 minutes. Come through, ask your questions, let me know what you want to know, and I'll do my best to answer those questions. Until next time, I've been Blessing. That's been Tim. It's been our pleasure to serve you. Game Daily.